1: Good morning, this is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. After hours of debate Tuesday, California's Reparations Task Force cast a historic vote deciding who will be eligible to receive compensation. Race and equity reporter Christina Kim from
0: KPBS in San Diego has the details. California's Task Force on Reparations has been meeting since last summer to figure out how to address the continued harms of U.S. slavery from giving black people direct payment to changing housing policies. But one question has always loomed large. Who exactly will be eligible for reparations? On one hand, you have those who say race should be central, making the majority of black Californians eligible. And on the other, you have those that believe that reparations should be lineage-based and reserved for those that directly descended from U.S. chattel slavery. After hours of tense debate, the task force officially voted in a 5-4 to four vote for a lineage-based approach.
2: Uh, the eyes have it and the motion carries.
0: Chair Camila Moore read the approved motion.
2: The community of eligibility will be based on lineage determined by an individual being an African-American descendant of a chattel
0: enslaved person or the descendant of a free black person living in the United States prior to the end of the 19th century. Secretary of State Shirley Weber, who authored the bill that made this task force, spoke in favor of the lineage approach earlier this year.
3: Reparation is for those who are the descendants of slaves first because of the devastation they suffered from hundreds of years of no wages and no ability to own land and accrue wealth.
0: But task force member and civil rights lawyer Lisa Holder advocated for including all Black Californians with a special consideration for descendants of enslaved people in order to address prevailing anti-Blackness.
2: You must stop the racism. That is reparations. You do not use the term reparations if you are not prepared to do that. And the system that folks are advocating here, where we're going to splice things up and have this specificity where only one small slice of the Black population is being remediated, that will not abate the harm of racism.
1: Again, that was race and equity reporter Christina Kim with KPBS in San Diego. A proposal to mandate COVID-19 vaccines for California workers will not move forward this year in the state legislature. KQED politics reporter Guy Marzorati has more.
3: For a second straight year, the idea of a COVID vaccine mandate has been dropped without a vote. Legislation from Oakland Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks would have required employers to collect proof of vaccination from their employees. Many public safety employee unions oppose the idea, arguing the vaccine policy should be set in local collective bargaining. In a statement, Wicks said California's low COVID case rate, quote, provides us the opportunity to work more collaboratively with labor and employers to address concerns. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzarati.
1: Wastewater data in the South Bay Area this week hints at the first signs of a sustained rise in COVID because of the BA2 Omicron subvariant. KQED Science Editor Kevin Stark reports that so far, it's nothing compared to the last surge.
4: For weeks, scientists have been detecting the BA2 COVID variant in Bay Area wastewater, even as cases kept falling. COVID wastewater samples ticked up at sewage plants in Palo Alto and Sunnyvale this week. They are steadily rising at a treatment center in Davis, too. It's the first real sign that BA2 is having an impact in the region. But Marlene Wolf of Emory University says the data doesn't show anything close to the state's last
2: surge.
1: It's not that sharp dramatic increase from the beginning of the Omicron wave. It's something to watch. It's something to be careful of. It's something that we're glad we have this data to
5: be able to speak to.
4: Studies show BA2 could be more transmissible than Omicron, but may not cause more severe disease than the original strain. For the California Report, I'm Kevin Stark.
1: Tomorrow is the deadline for Californians to apply for rent relief under the state's Housing is Key program. That program is open to renters who have suffered financial hardship during the pandemic and provides funding to cover unpaid rent dating back to April of 2020. Renters who are eligible will have to complete their application by midnight on Thursday. So far, fewer than half of the more than 500,000 tenants who have applied for assistance have received a payout. Tenant advocates have voiced concerns that the cutoff date could result in a wave of evictions across the state. The state assembly approved a bill this week that would delay those evictions through the end of June, allowing for those who have applied for rent relief to receive payments from the state. That bill still needs to be approved by the state Senate before it can be signed by Governor Newsom.
5: Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast. And I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners.
1: A California congressman is introducing a new bill today aimed at helping provide some relief for drivers from rising gas prices. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi has the details.
3: The bill from Central Valley Representative Josh Harder would send $500 gas price relief checks to single taxpayers across the country and $1,000 to joint taxpayers within 30 days of passage. Harder says the goal is to simplify the process of getting money into the hands of consumers more quickly. He says his constituents in the Central Valley are being hit especially hard with the average price of a gallon of regular gasoline more than $2 higher right now than the same time last year. The congressman has been working to tackle the issue of gas price for months long before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In December, he wrote directly to Governor Gavin Newsom Urging him to immediately cut the state gas tax, he also introduced legislation last month to suspend the federal gas tax. For the California report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi.
1: With COVID cases surging in Europe and Asia, one of the big questions on a lot of people's minds is, "Are we next?" Well, the new BA two subvariant is now the dominant strain in the U S. And it's responsible for a growing portion of cases here in California but it's not driving a surge, at least not yet. KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg joins me now to discuss what's going on and what we can expect.
5: Well, we know it's really, really good at its job because it spreads extremely fast. There's a a recent study out of Sweden showing that the viral loads that someone carries after getting this are twice as high with this new BA.2 subvariant compared to the original Omicron variant, which as we know, as we remember, was very transmissible. I'd say the good news about this new variant is that it does not seem to make people any sicker than the original Omicron variant. You know, for most people, especially those who were, you know, vaccinated or boosted, um, you may get this, but you're not going to get, you know, super sick. So far in Europe, you know, where this thing is surging, it's not causing any more, you know, need for intensive care inside European hospitals.
1: If that's the case, is there any reason to worry?
5: Well, I mean, cases are still dropping here in California. Just in the last two weeks, cases have dropped. And ER use here is not increasing. And death rates are continuing to fall. So we are not seeing really the impact of this subvariant yet. It is here. We know that it's here. We've seen that in wastewater data. Um, but we're not really feeling it. And I, I want to highlight that you know there's kind of a, a yet. There is a potential for a surge here and really whether or not that surge will will make a difference or make an impact especially in terms of hospitalizations and deaths will largely be determined by how many people are vaccinated in a community and then how many you know older people are boosted so a place with a lot of protection you know should be okay
1: so just looking throughout the state are we seeing any surges
5: we are not seeing any surges yet, and and we may not. You know, in a place like the Bay Area, where we experienced the recent Omicron surge, and that, you know, immunity that came out of that, combined with the really high vaccine rates here, leaves this area with about it like about ninety percent coverage. And yet we know it's here. Wastewater data is showing that. And it is starting to push up cases here, but nothing like a surge. And we're also seeing some very slight upticks in you know, some other counties like Plumas County and Los Angeles County. And if we were going to see a surge, we would likely see it in a place you know, rural areas or the Central Valley where vaccine rates are, are lower. So who is most at risk? Anyone who isn't vaccinated and didn't get Omicron in the last surge. And what should people do to protect themselves? I mean, at this point, health officials are not you know, suggesting or recommending that people make any major course corrections in their daily lives. They shouldn't really need to change much right now. There are no impending sort of policy changes that are about to come down. It's probably a good idea you know, if you're not vaccinated or boosted or up to date on those to do that. Um, maybe stock up on some home testing kits to prepare.
1: Given a potential surge and the approval of a fourth booster shot for folks over 50, should someone try to hurry and rush out
5: to get one? I mean, there's not really any data on that yet. And I'm obviously not a doctor, but experts that I trust suggest that if you had COVID recently, if you got it in this last Omicron surge and you're up to date on your booster Right now, you probably don't need to race out and get that fourth shot if you're over 50 just yet. Probably watch local case data in in a month or two, then it's probably a good idea to get that fourth shot. There's some really compelling data that just came out of Israel suggesting that that fourth shot is a really good idea, especially in in terms of avoiding death for, for older people. All right, Leslie McClurg, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.
1: A new report on safety inspections at Diablo Canyon Nuclear Power Plant in San Luis Obispo County has found failures by inspectors from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, or NRC, to appropriately identify several issues at the facility. KCBX's Rachel Showalter has more on what the report found and the reaction to it. One of Diablo
4: Canyon's nuclear reactors was shut down for eight days in July of 2020 at the same time as a leak occurred in the backup water cooling system, which has since been fixed. The Office of Inspector General for the NRC then launched an investigation to understand the cause of the leak, which led to the findings in Monday's report. It shows that facility inspectors failed to identify degrading piping insulation on the plant's auxiliary feedwater system in April of 2020, which led to the leak three months later. PG&E spokesperson Suzanne Hawson told KCBX News the leak was repaired and the system returned to service after thorough inspection. She says the plant has a long-standing record of safe operation. Still, Central Coast Congressman Salud Carbajal is calling this oversight, quote, unsettling and unacceptable.
3: The negligence detailed in this report will erode the public trust and confidence in those who are tasked with keeping everyone safe.
4: The report says Diablo Canyon does meet regulatory requirements and continues to operate safely. In a statement to KCBX News, the NRC's senior public affairs officer, Victor Drix, said they are reviewing the report and will take appropriate action if needed. He says public safety was never endangered because of this incident. Heather Hoff works at Diablo Canyon Power Plant and founded the nuclear advocacy group Mothers for Nuclear in 2016. The group is working to keep the plant open past its planned decommissioning in 2025. Hoff says the report comes at a sensitive time in the debate over nuclear energy. And although it sounds alarming, the leak was never a safety issue.
2: Anytime you say, oh, there was a leak at a nuclear power plant, that sounds scary. And so we have to acknowledge that. And It's a right to have that emotion, but scary and dangerous aren't the same thing. Hoff hopes people look at what she says is the big
4: picture of nuclear as a safe and clean energy source.
2: Small failures like this really don't have an impact on the overall reliability of Diablo Canyon as a power plant.
4: Congressman Carbajal is urging the NRC to hold its inspectors accountable for, quote, breaking protocol. He also plans to formally ask NRC leaders to detail what went wrong during the inspections and how they will enforce safety regulations until Diablo Canyon closes. For the California Report, I'm Rachel Showalter in San Luis Obispo County.
1: And that's the California Report for Wednesday, March 30th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day.
0: Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine. Protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash adaptingcare. Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at pinkcare.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies and opportunities for human achievement.
5: Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world.
3: I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California